Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Politibabble podcast where we're discussing whether there should be a global government. I'm Archibald Elliott and as usual I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Oliver Sykes. Good afternoon Archie. Good afternoon indeed. Yeah, so this week we're talking about uh, should a global government uh, exist? So this, I think, style of government. Oh, I, I, I must say we're back in studio this week. We're out. Of, I'm out of COVID isolation. Uh, yes. You have to plug that one. I have to plug that in. Yes. Well, I, I, obviously, I, if you were watching last week's episodes, you would have known we were over Zoom. So, and uh, had some loss of audio quality. Which we did. Was, my microphone was rather poor. I, 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 I think mine was worse yes. on picking up uh, in the end. I sat quite a distance from my laptop mic, which was mm. not too good. Uh, yes, but other than that, we're regularly taking our LFDs as their uh, short named, which is interesting. Have you been getting on with the COVID mitigation policies put in? Well, I've been wearing my mask when I've been sort of in crowded, close areas, especially on the buses, which it is currently... Becoming a faceless uh, human being. What's you like, Oliver? That mandated. Um, and obviously you're in the studio today. If you might think that the camera quality is a bit bizarre or you're seeing a bit of a reflection, we've got these uh, wonderful uh, perspectives. Is it Perspex? Perspex, yes. Perspex screens. Um, Held up by... Strimmer wire. <laughs> Strimmer wire. <laughs> a very high tech. It doesn't, it doesn't look extremely yes. wire. It's, really, it's, but, uh, it's the new Max Radio yeah. Christmas decorations. And if we are moving around the corridors, we will obviously have our face masks on. Um, but for the moment, we are comfortably sitting further enough and we obviously have the screens. So, um, and obviously, we're speaking to you guys. And uh, That's more important. That's more important. But yeah... So we're back and uh, things are a little bit different at the moment. But, you know, we keep moving forward and we'll see where this new variant takes us. Obviously, Indeed. we know it's uh, spreadable, um, but whether it's actually more de- deadly or dangerous... We'll discuss we will... all of that in the current affairs yes, section. Yes, sorry, Archie. Uh, but, but... I'm ruining the topic. <laughs> but, but yeah, we, we, we unfortunately can't have guests in studio at the moment. We're limited yes. to two in the room. Uh, so we may we may look to get some Skyped in the future. Yes, uh, definitely. Yes, yes. Should should be rather interesting. But we move on to the question of this week. Should a global government exist? I think Oliver and I are quite, um, quite agreed on the subject, but... Uh, for the point of this, I shall play devil's advocate to give a different perspective, as I like to do. Uh, but so yes, a global government. Well, what would that constitute? Well, it would constitute the world being uh, controlled by one single body, much like like the UN would almost control the world, and we all have voting power within it. But it would be controlled by a single entity. Mm. And I think the arguments mainly for having a global government would it would, would increase maybe trade, it would look at freedom of movement, uh, a greater distribution of resources, we could fix world problems better, we could deal with pandemics better, yeah, for example. Yeah. Uh, those are all the arguments for. And it has been proposed by some conspiracy theorists so that really that's what COVID is a ploy for. It's a, it's a ploy to create this idea of a world government. Yes, I remember someone telling me something similar to that. They've, they describe it as a new world order, don't they, as a form of um, totalitarianism um, and this yeah author, authoritarian government spanning across the world, which I don't see necessarily it, it happening. Um, and I don't see necessarily that if it were to happen, it would be a good thing. Um, I think the um, the way in which we have individual control over, uh, you know, there's individual um, governments and head of states. And I think it brings individuality to the world. And uh, 
I think it, I just don't think the world would be as great a place with having one singular government. And like you say, there are there are pluses and minuses for it. But at the moment, I'm sitting with it, you know, staying the way well, we are. What would you say the main the main disadvantage of having a world government would be? Well, it, it that is a, a difficult one, but I suppose. Um, it would be quite, I suppose, it'd be quite difficult to manage in a way. Um, a lot, la- a large government. You know, they they always say that they are difficult to to manage. Everywhere has different sort of uh, ways of doing things. Different uh, countries, regions, um, and some laws and regulations would not be suitable for potentially other areas. So it would probably have a a cross conflict between between the two but uh do you have any suggestions for what would be disadvantages because i'm trying i'm trying to think of it well disadvantages is probably the amount of bureaucracy yeah but the the idea idea behind a world government has i think we would we would have a person person to put in place as our head of the world government uh because after all we we have one person who was described in childhood uh, as their ambition for their life was to be world king and that person is obviously uh, Alexander uh, Bor- uh, D- Boris the uh, Johnson and that, that, that was his ambition as far as I think he, we, we would have a set leader for our idea of a world government well but... he would not no, he'd not be the most suitable <laughs> at all I mean he's he'd be he funny can't, he can't yeah he'd be funny but he would he do a good job oh yes but anyway the idea that's a different story in the idea of a world government has really been around I think since the dawn of history almost in like in the in the bronze mm. age we had the Egyptian king Kings uh, wanted to uh, rule all that the sun encircles. Uh, we see the Mesopotamian kings uh, all from the sunrise to sunset. And you look at the ancient Chinese and Japanese emperors and their names for their emperors referred to as emperors all under heaven. As uh, so a kind of these um, four civilizations were kind of that, 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 that the initial point of having uh, big cultures and I think uh, the da- uh, the dying tongue, uh, as the Chinese put it. Uh, and in ha- in the Han Dynasty of China, we saw the altar of a greater unity, always put as religion, religious aspect of it. So this this idea of having this collectivism, uh, collectivism has actually been around for a very long time. Um, I think even if we look at examples uh, like, for example, the Roman Empire. For the Mediterranean world, uh, that that was a very large achievement. That was again most of the known world was enveloped by a single government, the the Roman Empire. So, it, would you not say it does have a possibility of being achieved and run well over? Yes, yeah, I suppose so. Um, I suppose there's a a, a a big argument for the likes of poverty and and tackling that um, through having you know one government. Um, but I suppose it would sort of be a bit damaging towards sort of um, I'm trying to say like sort of democracy in, in a way uh, with with having one singular government there would be uh, an issue with perhaps variation in sort of um, I don't know that the, the 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 types of governments we've got it would probably be very similar all the time and I suppose politics wouldn't be that interesting in a way. Um, that the great thing about politics is we have so many. Uh, it's all based on decision making, and so many different countries have such different ways in doing things. And it's that what makes politics interesting is looking at comparing other countries and different di- di- um, jurisdictions in what they're doing, 
um, and suppose having one singular well, we are, we, would not I must say we are fun. being interrupted by some Christmas music that's playing in from the other studio it's quite yes. entertaining I think they're playing um, there we are we, we, I, I brought up the, the studio one so we know what earth is going on uh, yeah Merry Christmas everyone that, that was the it is now December so it is acceptable for Christmas music to start but going back to your your your, your proposal of uh, looking at different politics around the world um, would you not argue that it creates a better form of politics because we'd be by creating a democratic world government we remove uh, regimes which are very very oppressive Mm, yeah, you do. You do make a fair point there, and I suppose it's that idea of um, getting stuff done. You know, um, would probably be more. It would be more useful um, in having one singular government across the world because uh, we wouldn't be looking at other countries all the time and saying, "Oh, why are we always falling behind on this? Why aren't we doing that?" You know, if there's one sort of government, um, it would probably get things done easier in a way um but after yeah. all we all know we are already ruled by one singular government of those who live inside the center of our earth the lizards as some like to say uh that that is again another conspiracy theory that we are <laughs> all controlled by a larger organization of secret lizards or even if we look at that like, the illuminati is another example of the knights of the templar we we see these ideas and there's always been this notion that most of the world is controlled by this set of figures or this group so there's already this idea in culture a popular culture that we do already have a form or a style of, of world government wouldn't you say well it you could well, say I, that. I, I, I've I, not I, seen these but, but conspiracy do, do, theories, do, so I'm not... Do, do you um, agree with uh, the, the fact that we are controlled by lizards, for example? No, like the I, I, I say I'm not in, in, informed at all by these conspiracy theories, and I do not believe them in any way, shape or form, because I don't believe that we're controlled by lizards. Um, Oliver's obviously a lizard here, trying to disguise the fact that he is a lizard. Uh, as of course, that's what all lizards would say, wouldn't they, Oliver? Uh, but if you look at, uh, have, you, have you read 1984? Um, well, it's part of my uh, English uh, literature so GCSE, so I have read most of it. Yes, excellent. We can discuss. We can discuss, well, that. That is a perfect example of a world government. Uh, we, we, they were always at war with either Eurasia or Oceania. That, that, but again. Did those states actually exist was a key question being posed and was really Big Brother the single entity that ruled the Earth? And it was kind of that point. Mm. There was just either three major players or it was really just one and it was coercion to make them believe there was more than three players. And we had uh, it quite effectively run. Well, in that circumstance, I would much prefer to be a parole uh, <laughs> because, you know, I wouldn't have to face the oppressive regime of of, Brit of of Big Brother and I oh. could live on the uh, in the circle the, part, in a yeah. circle party member yeah. we look at what well, well, uh, Orwell was a great great wife but the inner circle party they had really much control was there really a Big Brother that's sort of the stuff we get into if we have a world government who is it really run by is it run really democratically are there telescreens in here are there telescreens in here are we being watched <laughs> uh, yeah exactly we, we, we see this idea that mainly a world government would be generally totalitarian because there mm. isn't the ability to go and question everyone because it all works as one cohesive body. But do you see that runs at risk of a world government? 
Sorry, could you say that again? Do you think that totalitarianism will, will find its way and kind of overpower democracy if we introduce a form of world government? Yes, yes, I do believe that. And that's why I, I mentioned before that I feel as though it would it would affect uh, democracy and it's that sort of way of um, brainwashing people kind of in, into, a, into a belief. And uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that that idea. Mm, well, I think we 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 see we see. I draw on to I think World War Two as an example in a minute. Uh, oh, right. we, but we were looking at I think Lionel George Curtis, who is a British uh, uh, official uh, and author. Uh, he was advocating for British Empire federalism to kind of look and later in life then a world state kind of created by the British Empire, and, that, and that's something which you know some people I know and I um, it is an interesting scenario. If the British Empire was really to form as a collective body, it was almost a world government, or at least a third of the world government. And if that was expanded, were we seeing the early stages of world government? Obviously, that was collapsed. So I think the argument there is posed, is a world government actually feasible? Because we saw the empires, and large, large empires are very, very much in parallel with a world government. And we saw the British Empire collapse. Do do, do you think uh, large empires are still sustainable uh, in that manner? Anymore. No, um, not particularly, no. Why? I always ask the hard questions. You do always ask the hard questions. It's like as if uh, <laughs> it's like as if it's a big uh, BBC News Night uh, interview here. It's this panorama um, with Archie on <laughs> Tonight we're questioning on... It, it, what, what is Oliver thinking? We need an answer here, come on, Oliver. Why, why, why um, do you think a large empire is unsustainable? I'm not well. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure on this one, really. But you know, I, I yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I just believe that they're, yeah, they're not. They're not sustainable. Would you want? But, but, but if you could have world mm. empire, would you have a world empire? No. Let's say you could lead a world empire. Would you have a world empire? No. Why? Well, I wouldn't want to lead. I wouldn't want to lead. I wouldn't want. Want wouldn't want to be a leader. Ah, uh, interesting. He is asking hard questions, guys. It's really, really put me under pressure. Why well, do I at want? At home, what do you think? Yeah. Write into us at, at Politibabble <laughs> or email us at politibabble at gmail.com. What do you think? Would you support a world government uh, and, and kind of have that ruling our planet? Maybe we should institute a Politibabble world government. I think that would run rather well. Uh, but yes, we looked at well, we, can look, we can look at the example of World War Two and uh, the, the Nazi party in Germany. A ter- terrible regime. It was very, very much totalitarian terrorism and the third reich almost that wanting to almost create a united a united world really uh, under the regime of adolf hitler and we we, we even see in the uh, ma- the the, ma- the man uh, high castle uh, that, that's a parallel uh, history painted uh, in a book originally and now it's on, it's on Amazon Prime uh, as a TV series but that's looking as if Germany did win the war and we saw that almost form a world government there were only two parallel states left we saw uh, the Third Reich and the Fourth Reich almost and then the uh, the Asian states all united under the Japanese Empire so they kind of had those two parallels and then they started to fight so we really did see this world view uh, and kind of the eight corners of the world as the Japanese Empire puts of uh, eight corners of the world under one roof, and this was an idea behind to establish kind of a greater East Asia co-prosperity sphere, which is quite the mouthful. So we have seen these attempts to form a world government; they've always failed. But going back to COVID, 
Well, COVID has reduced many restrictions on our lives. I'm sure you'll agree, Oliver, with me. Mm-hmm. We've all been affected by these restrictions. We've seen different governments collaborate to close our borders. And is it, do you think, a conspiracy to put us all under one regime? Or have us all conform or be totalitarianism, uh, as they're now doing in Germany by mandating people to get the vaccine? Well, it's, you know... You make a, a fair point there on your uh, on your spree of of difficult questions, <laughs> um, but no, I don't believe it's uh, in order to sort of form this totalitarianism. Um, I believe they've put in these restrictions, and you know, not all governments are going under a similar way. Um, I believe it's mainly um, you know to protect the public health of the people of the country. And in different ways and in different countries, they've had to tackle it in different ways. And putting in stricter measures is the only way in which we've combated this. You know, the Isle of Man, we've had, compared to many countries, we've uh, we've um, been able to enjoy a great period of time without facing uh, restrictions. And restrictions haven't been put in place for no particular reason there's usually reasonings behind that and if they were to they've been rather late in some circumstances in putting in those restrictions so i don't i don't so would a world so, government be better then because a world government can introduce those restrictions and it's cohesive it can lock down the places where it's most deadly like australia's done but cities like melbourne for example they've locked, mm. they locked it down when they had cases a world government well we see, i think we can draw an example i'm not sure how much you know about the un uh, as as an institution, but the UN is almost a form of global government now. Mm. Uh, it doesn't have massive power and doesn't have power over individual sovereign states, but it does have that almost unity body behind it, and that would be a model, I suppose, where a united government could be built upon. We even look at uh, the EU for an example, uh, where it's heavily bureaucratic. It's, it's try- it is trying in certain cases to remove uh, to impose more. Ta- power over member states in, in issues like tax. We see that especially in the case of Ireland, where Ireland has a very low rate of corporation tax, and that was done to in- encourage business to go to the country, and then the EU was like, hmm, sorry Ireland, we're going to fine your companies <laughs> which came over because they should be paying more tax, because Ireland saw the massive economic benefits of controlling its own tax system and its own sovereignty. So, again, we see this idea of the EU being this almost bureaucratic institution. So, it does have a model where it could be expanded and include more states. So, would an EU style of government be beneficial? We're now moving to the Brexit debate. Uh, uh, Oliver's face fell, though. It (laughs) dropped as he realised we're using the B word and, yes, we're pressing for answers. Because could the EU be expanded or is it a sustainable model? Uh, to use on a larger scale? Um, I'd say the way it is at the moment, obviously, do I think, there's a different topic really, do I think you know the, the UK was uh, in the right way to leave the EU or not? But I think the, the model that it has at the moment is perfectly fine. I don't think it should be expanded um, because I feel as though it... Should it be know, shrunk then? Not necessarily. I believe, you know, I believe in own countries making their own decisions and being, you know, not dictated to by by uh, you. This is where I'm coming in with the last question uh, about what was the last question that I couldn't answer. I, I don't. Um, but I believe that you know countries should be there to make their own decisions and not be dictated to by unions or you know um, 
group groups of uh, so uh, self determination. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Woodrow Wilson liked to put. Yes. Uh, did you do RGC? I did. History? I did do RGC did, yes. history. Yes. Then we both know the joys of the League of Nations. Yes. The Cambridge. big three. The big, the big three. three. Yes. Yep. Who were the big three? Uh, David Lloyd George. Uh, Woodrow Wilson and uh, Clemenceau. Very good. Very yes. Good. Top points. Still in the knowledge there. I'm sure my uh, uh, yes. IGCSE history teacher will be uh, absolutely fantastic to hear that. Yes, we do love yeah. uh, Cambridge exam board with their we do. fascinating topics. And actually, I think in a, if you took A-level, uh, uh, IA level with Cambridge for history, they cover a lot of the same topics in, uh, in certain parts. They've built, it's got a bit boring. But yes, going back to that, if you look at self-determination, arguably that's exactly what the EU doesn't do mm. because it dictates to member states what they yes, can and can't do. Yes, which I don't like which don't at like. all. Don't like interesting. it. Interesting. Well, interesting. Do write in to us. We've got to put a poll this week. Should we have a global government? Uh, we, we are slacking in this Yeah, regard, the social so media... Person's got to go. It got to go. Got to be. We got to get a sack. Uh, we got. We got. Yeah. We got to deal with them uh, later. Have some disciplinary action. Get the HR meeting in, and really, uh, yeah, hold an inquiry as to why we haven't had much social media interaction. But we we we, we endeavour to do the best as we can on Politibubble. But in this case, COVID has reduced our working hours. It's reduced our lives, <laughs> and in COVID impact, like they do on FOIs, COVID has such a big bureau bureaucratic impact that we couldn't possibly do any sort of social media engagement so do write into us instead if you've enjoyed this episode or comment below yes. do you think there should be a world government i'm going to say no there shouldn't because as as oliver's well made excellent point you're not going for the authoritarian <laughs> no no i'm uh, glad as, as, as oliver made the excellent point we, we should have determination for different countries to make their own decisions and not be dictated to. so what do you think Oliver? are you going to go out with a zinger and go the opposite way uh, or not. No, I'm going to stick to my word and, you know, yes. Stick to your guns, uh, as they would say probably in America, which is, yeah. Stick to your guns. <laughs> <laughs> they have very liberal gun laws, uh, which is, yes. yes uh, they, in they, some certain states. They love to, they love the right to bear arms. Yes, and pop off uh, yes. rounds. But yes, that does move us nicely on to this week's uh, the, uh, sorry, uh, uh, just just pause here. Forgive me. Uh, forgive, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Uh, <laughs> Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. Uh, but the news. Yes, well, the Isle of Man's local current affairs. Well, it's been a bit of hefty week with COVID again. Sorry, guys, but uh, face coverings Oliver have been again. face coverings have been made mandatory on public transport, which means that the Isle of Man has moved to alert level two due to the new COVID variant. Uh, which is the Omicron variant. Um, the NSC water slides are back open again. Uh, very much uh, a great uh, bit of news there. Um, as well as that, South Africans unable to fly to the Isle of Man for Christmas, sticking with the COVID theme. And MHK claims that 17 members of staff have been absent from CRHS. We'll try go for a non-COVID topic here, which is that the Liverpool uh, ferry terminal has rised to £770 million, even though it's not even been hardly built at all at the moment. I've probably succumbed. Yeah, uh, but what, what interesting with the ferry terminal. Oh, well, have, yeah, I, have I missed the music? No, yeah, no our ferry terminal, I think that should be our first point of call, because in 2016 it was announced the ferry terminal would cost a grand total of £3.6 yes, in 2016. Yeah. Then it went up to £36 million. Yeah. 
A ten times increase, and now it's doubled again, a twenty times increase to seventy million overall. It's ridiculous. I mean, they've mainly said it's due to basically not being able to put a shovel in the ground because of COVID and social distancing how, and how, all these how measures. How on earth does not putting a shovel in the ground cost 30, 32 yeah, million? I know, I know. Not um, not building costs money. Yeah. Imagine what building costs. Imagine what building costs if not building. It, it costs is. It is. It is. And we're not so. even putting it in the best location. They're moving it slightly different location, aren't they, downstream? Yes, they are moving it away from sort of the central point that um, we currently have. Um, but uh, the facilities that are there are not fit for purpose. Uh, it's not really comforting for not? the passenger. Have you never been to... I have, and it, it, it seems to do the job. It does the job, but it's... Uh, exactly, it does the job, and it doesn't ish. cost £70 million after we had a well, deficit of £200 I'm million sure last that... year. I take it, I don't think we own really what we've got at the moment. I take it we like lease that out or whatever. It's a long term um, lease from memory. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there would be no, we make no money from, you know, it's not like we own it. So we'd make no money from, from leaving the site. Uh, I'm sure it'll just be a cruise liner that goes in our place. Yeah, I, I, I personally just can't see the argument at all. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, again, giant government expense where. It did shock everyone. In these I mean, there was an interview last month on a uh, fellow sort of uh, bro- broadcasting uh, medium, uh, which was Arlaman TV with Paul Malton, and it was with it was the first sit down with uh, the minister Tim Tim Crookle, and he said, and Paul asked about the new landing stage, the ferry terminal, and uh, he said, "Oh well." There'll be news soon, and he said, "Well, is it going to be? Is it going to be an increase, a decrease?" And he was like, "Well, you'll have to wait." And it's clearly not good news with seventy million rise. I mean, who's going to vote for it? That's the end of the day, you know. It's they've got they'll they'll be voting on it, um, indeed. But Alaman moving to alert level two, I think it's a sensible thing to do. Uh, alert level two to me makes no sense because alert level two isn't very different from alert level one. Uh, except they say we expect these things rather than strongly recommend. There's still no legal mandate for it. Mm-hmm. But there so are really, well, there are the there government... are some legal measures. They're, no, but they're not necessarily related to level two. Level two didn't have any legal measures. They're just separate mitigations because of the Omicron variant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, but again, it, the the government communication department is slightly questionable at times. So it's probably good they have a level two just so they have more steps and bureaucracy to follow. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I mean, we have, I think, overreacted to the Omicron variant. I believe we haven't, you we know. We haven't. The South, African, with... the South African doctor who discovered the Omicron variant, and most of that part of the world, has said it's absolutely ridiculous the uh, lengths the UK has gone to. They far, far overreacted from what they've seen. Uh, they put undue restrictions on countries like South Africa when it was merely discovered there. But all we know, it could have come from elsewhere in the world. Well, I believe we should be precautious in our in our, in our our way with this. You know, um, it was one of the other variants, wasn't it? And it began to sort of uh, affect us quite badly because we didn't take it very seriously, and I suppose... But are we um, supposed to lock down or introduce new measures Every single time a new variant occurs every year. Well, or, Theresa or close May. Okay, down all right, Theresa May, you know, you make a... I'm not one through any fields of wheat today, Oliver, so you can't call me that. <laughs> you do make a similar point to what she was making in Parliament the other day. Um, but yes, um, no, you, you are right in a way, but, you know, we were 
alerted to this variant which could have cause for concern and you know we've we need to be sensible in in the way we're approaching this we're coming to uh winter time where if this virus is going to leak, it could put potential... Well, it's already in the community, and it's other variants. We see, uh, we look at Glaxo and the, world, uh, the WHO. Uh, they found that the vaccines seem to be effective against the new variants. We see scientists around the world really reiterating there's no evidence that it's uh, more deadly than previous strains. We but, see but... Uh, Angelique uh, Cortez, the chair of the South African Medical Association, saying that currently there's no reason for panicking. We still don't see severely ill patients at the moment at the moment you say um anyway there's significant school absence occurring at the moment um due to covid19 or other winter illnesses or viruses um are there enough mitigations put in place in schools to um to to prevent this loss of of learning for some people well, the only mitigation which you would do is remove everyone from the building. If you remove people, you don't have the problem of transmission. I don't think there, there's a need to add even more mitigations. What else are we going to add for mitigation-wise in schools? Well, uh, potentially manda- uh, enforcing legally the wearing of, of, of face coverings. Um, secondly... <laughs> you, you're looking well, where, at me. Where else? Yeah. Where else would you go from that? <laughs> well, uh, social distancing could How be. How would in... you social distance in schools? If you look at, for example, the state schools. It's, like, I, know it's in, I know it's. I know. Back me, for example, they are oversubscribed. Yeah. According to statistics, by about four hundred to six hundred yeah. pupils. Yeah, it, that that is that is you can't true. physically. But in some <laughs> in some schools, if they weren't over, if they weren't all overpopulated. But they are overpopulated. Yeah. We look at the situation. It is Oliver. If we didn't have COVID, we could do many things. We look at the situation as is. I don't think we could social distance in any of the schools. None of the schools on Ireland could do it without sending home pupils. Yeah, well, some primary schools potentially couldn't. I didn't. We were <laughs> some primary <laughs> and schools. Order, order. <laughs> uh, we. I did not. I did not. Dis- I did not. Describe. Out I this. said. COVID-related school absence. absences. And, and what are they mainly in? I did in? not describe. Are they, are they mainly in? primary schools or they're mainly in secondary schools currently the measures we see I are mainly in secondary schools, schools but i did not describe them as completely secondary school uh mitigations we've seen our likes of our i don't think primary schools could social distance either why children are hard to control at yes yeah 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 okay and they're, they're oversubscribed well, again so, so what have they done well the likes of our former primary school they decided to uh open the windows a little bit more and tell the kids <laughs> to put some more clothes and as we know, open the windows a little bit more when you have 31 kids or 30 kids or 20 kids or even 15 kids in a classroom. You could go less than that and you still run the high risk well, because they're all next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is difficult. I'm just trying to see if, if there were any any points you could... Yeah, re- re- I was looking for a bit of tension there. But um, yes. Yeah, we got it. But we, I think, yes, it's... Are the schools putting it... Are the schools practising the... the that's another way I could put into it. Are the schools practicing the mitigations that we've already got in place enough? I don't know because I've not actually been in school for the past about twelve days. Yes, because well, I had COVID. Yeah, I believe not really. But um, 
<laughs> but but yeah, that, that but that that's the point. We can't. We it's it's incredibly hard to mandate masks on school children. How are we going to mandate it? Are they going to all going to be sent home? Because then we we'll have the truants who will purposely not wear yeah, masks. Yeah, I mean, sent. at the end are of the day, I don't them? actually confine myself in con- in you know in confined. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get myself in confined spaces really. Um, Same so here. I don't. I wear a mask if I'm in a large gathering. So I was in an assembly the other day. There was. Probably about nearly two hundred people in there. I wore a mask. Well, it's just helpful because you can put snacks inside the mask and eat through <laughs> the assembly. So it really uh. is quite helpful. It's like, it's like you can be like a horse in, in that regard. But yeah, look, you're looking at it and what schools are doing. You couldn't really mandate students to wear them. How would you mandate it? You can't. And if even if we look at mandating on public transport, we look at the exemption policy. The exemption policy, you don't have to prove you're exempt. You don't have to show written evidence you're exempt. So you, don't I have to say verbal you just say, I am exempt, and that is enough for you to be exempt. And I think that, that's, that's quite Well, ridiculous. I was on a double-decker bus the other day going um, on, a, on a commute, and there were two people on the front of the bus who maybe they do have a medical reason why they're not wearing a mask, but uh, they weren't wearing a mask, and everyone else was and the bus driver uh, funny enough i was looking for my mask i did have a mask in my bag but uh, i got to the bus stop and it was the second day of uh, the mandating of masks and I, I was oh gosh i need to put my mask on anyway searching for it as the bus was there and he said oh here's a mask he passed me one they had a box or whatever on the bus but uh clearly those people above uh, well at the front of the bus were not wanting to wear masks or whatever and just because you get on the bus, it means wearing it for the duration of the bus ride. It doesn't mean getting on in front of the bus driver and then taking it off. You know, <laughs> come on. That's the whole point is actually when you're all sat down, you're all in the space. He's wearing them anyway. We all know what Oliver does on the bus. You know, the, the most important thing is is to is to hands, face, space and LFD. Um and what does LFD stand for, Oliver? It stands for lateral flow device, Archie. Um, and that is a way that you can test yourself um, for COVID-19. And it does have um, an 80% chance of... Um, I thought it was a transportation acronym. It stands for last free day. Well, there's usually lots of acronyms for... <laughs> let, uh, me find some, of... let me find some interesting ones. Oh, we have late for dinner. We have the Londonry uh, Fire Department. We have the Little Fool's Dance in America. We have the local fire disclosure. We have left for dead. We have lactose-free diet. We have a licensed funeral director. We have looking for geo. Level field density. <laughs> the list goes on. Level frequency drift. Lakeland Fire Department. Um, low flyer detection. Left for the day. Um, yeah, low fat diet. We have so many. Or load from disc. Um, so yeah, there's so many different acronyms. But yeah, the lateral flow tests. Are you doing your lateral flow tests, Oliver? And putting you on the spot here. Yes. Is there only one correct answer? Yes, I am. Uh, and I have been. Yes. If I've been feeling over the past week, uh, if I've felt slightly unwell at all, you know, sometimes you wake up and you feel... We don't feel too good today. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a, a lateral Just flow. Just because. Um, if you get a lateral flow test and you're positive, you get 10 days of holiday. It is excellent, <laughs> I must say. That is obviously uh, satire. But, yeah, you do. Is you, it now? <laughs> Just positive. Yeah, there's it off. There's me booked off for the next 10 days. That's a shame. Uh, but uh, it, it, is, it is pretty awful with COVID. I still can't smell at all. Oh, it's pretty awful, is it now? Yeah, yeah I can't yeah. smell. It's yeah. quite, yeah. yeah. It's entertaining. Uh, because my mother has been, what well, was, at least when I couldn't taste either, was putting a wide variety of old ta- of spices and flavours in my food. 
And I've only, I just only start hearing about them now, what she put in my food. I had no idea. Apparently one, there was so many garlic cloves in it. And she was really surprised I couldn't taste. There's another one where she put, I think, like, uh, garam masala. I had no idea. Or, Anna, Ooh, or like, fennel. I love a lot. I love it usually. I couldn't taste it, though. Or fennel was another one that was really, really aniseedy. I just, it was hilarious. There was a day where I was eating an almond croissant. Uh, and it felt like a marshmallow, which was tasteless. Because <laughs> it's a lovely, oh. airy, lovely croissant, usually. Was this a, no- uh, was a, it a Noah's? Yes, it was indeed. Other, other bakeries uh, are available. Aren't available. Uh, <laughs> but I couldn't taste it. It was just such a shame. I tell you what, I had um, a couple, was it a week ago? A couple, I don't know. I've, um, have you ever had anything from Ross Bakery? Oh, lovely stuff they're hot cross buns oh no i prefer, no not I prefer hot cross buns they're tea cakes uh, oh, so, no. very similar things but are incredible. O- only thing i'd buy from there is their uh their, their portuguese egg custard tarts. and their chala buns chala buns sorry i'm a noah's fan here we're opposing ends of the well, isle of man bakery uh, where, where i work they are yes. su- they're their supplier for some they do get noah's stuff they do get their sourdough but um they get some of the Ross Bakery stuff. So big shout out to where I work is Braddock Land Cafe Restaurant. We don't endorse. Rooms. We don't endorse. Um, uh, I don't work, so I can't shout out anywhere. Yeah. I work at Politibabble. There we are. Uh, endorsing Politibabble podcast Director as usual. Director of Babble, yes. Archibald Elliot. Um, yes. uh, CEO, chairman yeah. of the board. Co-founder. Yes. Chairman of the board and health and safety executive. Because <laughs> obviously at Politibabble, we have to take under many, many different roles under that. And it is really arduous. So if you are feeling kind, do send in a Christmas gift uh, to our PayPal. <laughs> no, I'm only joking though. We don't actually have any. Uh, we're not soliciting. We may have a Christmas special coming up in a few weeks. We may do. We, we may, may be getting festive. We may not. We may do. It depends if COVID cancels yeah. us all. We may have some highlights from the yes, year. Or indeed. we save that to our maybe uh, another year, special. Year our review. end of year special. Whether but we... it all depends if Boris cancels Christmas again. Oh. Or oh. Alfred. Or oh, Alfred indeed. Yes. Yes. Well, I believe Alfred's actually uh, in London at the moment. You see, Alf sounds, uh, Alf sounds like Elf to a degree. So maybe we shall have Christmas online. Did you see the Jeff, Jeff the Mongoose customised jumpers? Or if you go on hooli.im now, Archie, search up hooli.im. Do you work for them? Uh, <laughs> hooli.im by any chance? Uh, no, Archie, hmm, no. Hmm, it's questionable here. It's questionable. Anyway, Alf's actually with Michael Gove, or he was yesterday in London. Well, I, I've not noticed Hooli before. Uh, they, they uh, Jeff Collection. Yes, yes yeah. Alf. Ah, uh, yes, see? They copied my idea. I say they stole it from me just now, as I just thought of it for the first time. <laughs> uh, yes, no, very, very good. Yes, I, 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 very entertaining. At a lovely, comes in at a lovely £28. No, but it depends what it's made out of. Depends if yeah. I, I think it's worth the price. But it doesn't say what it's made out of. It's made out of eco-friendly plastic, Archie. Is it? Do you know? <laughs> no, I was just I was just spouting that uh, to see whether you'd... Uh, do, 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 tax do, included? Yeah, yeah, I've, oh, tax. <laughs> awful thing this is. Um, yeah, I have no idea. But yes, that, 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 if we go on to the international uh, news desk for a minute, which should be rather interesting well we see that germany has uh, is is on the moves to 
mandate vaccines and ban the unvaccinated from entering bars and other events. We see Austria has locked down the unvaccinated and Greece has uh, mandated the vaccine for all those over 60 years of age. And over 60 years of age will now be required to pay the Greek government 100 euros every month that you aren't vaccinated for an indefinite period of time. We see other countries of Europe moving to the same rate of COVID vaccination mandation. And we see the rise of the Omicron variant sounding very, very much like an evil enterprise that is rising across the world, even though it's not necessarily as deadly as we think. And then we also see uh, Boris uh, introducing new, uh, lock- new, not lockdown plans, but COVID mitigations which have come across uh, the UK and also the Isle of Man over the past uh, few weeks, although they are separate, uh, separate jurisdictions. And then we see, again, we saw a record number of migrants cross the channel uh, last week. Uh, which was rather shocking, imposing questions about Britain's immigration uh, policy. Uh, and also we see the WTA ban all future all tournaments uh, in China uh, for the uh, time to come. So that's all coming up on uh, our, our Politibabble International uh, news. So I think we'll the start... Isle of Man news is more superior. No, I, far, far not, far <laughs> not. But yes, we see Greece... Uh, with their uh, with their with their mandating of over sixties, and they're going to fine a hundred pounds, a hundred euros a month, a monthly which falls from mid January. They're now mandating those who aren't double jabbed. Uh, so, what do we think of this, Oliver? Well, I believe that people have the choice to get a vaccination, and um, if the, if they do not want to get one, then I believe that they are entitled to do that. But I feel as though that they should be informed in the reasons why getting a vaccine is is um, is helping um, the fight against coronavirus. Um, so, you know, it, it is up to them, but I do believe that people um, should should really have a reason to why they don't. And it is, you know, is someone... So they, they shouldn't be mandated or they should be? Um, I don't think they should be mandated, no. But I do think that the government should... Uh, provide enough publicity and PR into why people should have the vaccine. Well, we see Syriza, uh, which is Greece's main opposition party, they call the measures very punitive and financially excessive. Uh, and we, we even look at uh, the, the population, about 63% of the 11 million po- uh, population of Greece is fully vaccinated. But about half a million of those over 60 are yet to get a single jab. Uh, so they must book their point first jab by January 16th. Um, and then we... we Well, yet hasn't been put to a parliamentary vote, so we could see it stopped, depending what happens. We see Austria also has announced compulsory COVID vaccinations will start in February. Uh, again, we're, we're seeing the swathe across Europe. So I'm, not, I'm surprised the EU hasn't introduced a mandate yet uh, requiring all EU citizens to get a jab. So we may unfortunately see that uh, in the future. Uh, we also look at, I think, Germany going to unva- ban the unvaccinated people from shops and bars. What do you think of that? Well, I, at the end of the day, uh, people should be getting their vaccination. <laughs> I, sound like, I sound like a politician here, but um, if people, if people, people want to... People should be getting vaccination. They want to get a vaccination, but they don't want to get a vaccination. <laughs> they should get a vaccination. Uh, but they should get a vaccination. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's going around um, in circles here. I mean, oh, people should be allowed their freedoms um, and not being able to, get, to go to the shops and 
other such basic requirements that people need to undertake. I feel that's quite petty in a way. Um, I suppose, can we have a large amount of vaccinated, unvaccinated people congregating in one area? For example, concerts or other such things. Maybe that's a bit of a different debate. Um, but for places, for example, shops and um, things, then... Mm, I think that unvaccinated people should be allowed to go there. Your well, thoughts are. I, I think I think it's being uh, it is very dangerous to say should we allow unvaccinated people to. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's a dangerous precedent to set. Should we allow a group of a certain type of person, i.e., unvaccinated people, we should now stop them from meeting together. It's almost it, it is imposing a two-tier level of society, which is massively dangerous. Uh, and I, I I think it is it is it is it is not. I think, a good scenario for the world. No. Because vaccines, after all, people with vaccines can still get COVID. They yeah. can still transmit COVID. It should be able it to... It just pers- reduces the hospitalisation. Personal, personal choice, yeah. I'd say. Well done. Yes. I, I, I agree there. Did you, you, see, make, did you make some sensible suggestions. Unlike usual. Uh, but did we, did we see the... Uh, w, did, did you see the uh, WTA... Uh, the WTA cancelling their tournaments in China? WTA? What does well, that the World Tennis Association. I actually, I think I did. Yes, yes, I did hear about that. Yes, but the hit, the the um, the the woman. This one, not the World Tennis, the Women's Tennis Association. They boycotted um China in response to the treatment of uh Peng Shui. I'm hoping I pronounced the name wrong. My Chinese pronunciation, bar ancient, bar, bar older Chinese names from about the 1900s to about 1980 are a bit dodgy, uh, mainly because I have to study them in history. But they're suspending all tournaments in China in response to the continued questioning over Peng's condition, uh, which is is in is interesting. Uh, I think it's it is definitely a way to boycott, boycott and put pressure on the Chinese state to deal with allegations seriously. And then we also saw an about the migrant crisis crossing the channel last week. I think we had a record number of migrants across the channel, and Macron getting annoyed at how Britain was putting pressure on France to deal with the problem. Mm. There's been a bit of tension there, hasn't there, of recently, um, mm. especially to do with all the fishing um, post-Brexit um, stuff. We love post-Brexit. We love Brexit. We, 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 again, unlike COVID, we don't mention Brexit every week. So. We don't. We, we don't. go long periods of time without yes. talking about Brexit, and obviously, which I quite yeah. enjoy. Oh, you enjoy, right. <laughs> A note to self, make sure we put Brexit back on the agenda. Uh, but yes, I think that, that does cover most of our affairs. I'm not sure why the music's now started playing again. But yeah, we'll have, we're having a Christmas special in the next couple of weeks. Yes, uh, I hope to devise some... Some plan some in, for that. It, fun and engaging things for us. Are we not usually fun we and are, engaging? We are fun and engaging, but Christmassy fun, not even Christmassy, it doesn't even need to be, well, it doesn't need to be Christmassy in some ways, but um, having some sort of uh, fun to our Christmas agenda. Yes. Uh, and, well, that... and, and some, maybe another special towards the end of the year is an end of year spe- celebration. 
Well, that does conclude this week's episode of the Babble podcast. We'll be back next week at a similar time to discuss a topic that matters greatly to you. And this is as usual. And as is being absolutely serious there, you can check out our previous podcast at maxradio.com forward, uh, maxradio.com forward slash podcast forward slash Babble or on your favourite podcast provider. Until then, it's goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. You've been Babbles. Thank you. Ta-ta.